Welcome to the To Our Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how you doing? Hey, Jim. I'm doing well. My uh, alma mater, Georgetown, beat Creighton University last night to win the the Big East Championship in basketball under the coaching of uh, Patrick Ewing. And when I was an undergrad... Uh, the Hoyas actually won the national tournament with Patrick Ewing, so I was delighted, especially because Georgetown was seeded eighth and predicted to be last in the conference this year. So uh, they played an outstanding game yesterday. Wow! Yeah, All right. I'm excited. Okay. I thought you were like I thought you had ties to Creighton too. I do actually. Well, more Creighton be- prep. <laughs> I, I taught I taught for six years at Creighton prep. Uh, so no, I I do like Creighton a lot too. So I I you know. I was a little bit It was bit a torn. win-win for you. It was kind of Although a win-win. Although you really wanted Georgetown well, to win. Well, so. I guess, you know, being being my alma mater, I kind of have to root for them. And, yeah, I was glad, especially given that they were sort of the uh, underdog in the whole thing. But, anyway, but Creighton, Creighton's a good team this year, too. So I'm happy about that. Well, I think they're all good teams. Oh, you're I don't so watch any basketball. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. It took me about 20 seconds to realize we were talking about college basketball. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, well. Wait, there's like, isn't, is March Madness going on this year or did they cancel that again? Yeah, I think it's it's coming up. I don't know how they're, I don't know what they've decided <laughs> with, with respect to uh, crowds and all that. I think they're going to have some fans present, but a reduced number. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got, uh, um, we, we, we're all set and lined up for our, our podcast this morning, and we always end with uh, stuff that we like. Yep. And I'd like to start with stuff that we don't like today. Uh-huh. And I'm going to add to the, what what is up with, why do we still do daylight savings time? Because this screws me up <laughs> every year. We were supposed to start this podcast 45 minutes ago, folks. But thanks to daylight savings time and my inability to make the algebraic calculation of how to turn my clock back one hour, we start a little late. No, you turn it ahead. Why do we still do this? You turn it ahead an hour. Well, see, See? there we go. That's. But this do, is the problem. But don't you use a, a smartphone like I do? It does it automatically for you. You don't have to change it. That's, well, yeah. As, you, as your alarm, that is. Anyway. I just, well, I don't use it as an alarm, ah, so that's, that's probably see, part of the that's problem. that's your problem. I use mine as an alarm, and it just automatically got me <sighs> up at the right time. I um, actually, uh, if, if we're all going to be honest here, I use my dogs as an alarm. <laughs> And they will wake me up, and they will generally wake me up precisely at uh, seven seven o'clock. Wow. But they don't understand daylight savings time. No. At, by the way, neither do <laughs> I. I don't know why. Why know. do we do this? It, it was like for farmers or something. I, or I'm not sure of the history, to be honest. I, I have <sighs> to say, I was kind of glad to see the uh, the sun coming up when I got up. So that I mean, there was more daylight. So that was nice, but I don't really understand the history of it. This is like this is the worst day in my <laughs> wife's life, by the way. People would have sent condolence cards mm-hmm. to her. Like I know this has been tough for you today because <laughs> she just values her sleep so much. Right, right. Although in the fall it's nice when we get that extra hour, but then we pay for it in March. So So why don't we just, you know, anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm confused by this whole yeah. thing. Doesn't make any sense. But to you're me. easily confused too, so you know. Well, that's a fair but mean <laughs> statement. <laughs> but mean, yes. <laughs> how was how was your how was your Lent? How was walking up them stairs? 
oh, you know, it's going okay. I get a little winded by the time I get to my room on the fourth floor, but that's a good reminder of my mortality and how old I'm getting. But um, You didn't request a room on the first floor? To... <laughs> well, I didn't really request, request a room at all. I was just assigned a room. <laughs> But I am happy. My room looks east towards Lake Michigan, and in the wintertime, without the leaves on the trees, I can see the lake, and it's very pretty. Awesome. Um, now, today, it's only around 40 degrees, and this week's going to be kind of nasty. I guess there's some snow coming our way tomorrow or Tuesday, and it's going to be kind of a wet week here in Milwaukee. But we've had gorgeous—yesterday, I got up into the 60s, low 60s, so beautiful day to go walking along the lake. My twins are opening up in Milwaukee. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. first three games. Yeah, I look forward to going to. Uh, you should come down. We can go to go to some games together. Yeah, but I don't know if we can go to that game. I I'm know. not sure what yeah. the rules are. Well, they are. I think it's like twenty five percent capacity or something. But they're gonna at least they're gonna have some fans, so that's good. Oh, this is gonna be some de- you know normal baseball, which would be great. Yeah. <coughs> and um, if you hear me uh, coughing, folks, it's uh, spring. Doesn't just do the daylight savings same thing, but it also brings about uh, allergies. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and enjoy the the depth of my voice this morning. I guess <laughs> it, it does have a nice resonance to it. <laughs> Start doing a product placement voiceovers. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking, speaking of, of voices, voice, oh my gosh, what a transition! Wow, we didn't even plan that. No. Yeah, so today we're talking we, about? well, today we thought we would uh, talk about uh, how we hear God's voice and see His face in our daily life, um, and uh, so that's the focus. You know, where do where do we where do we experience God on a day to day basis? Um, and I guess in thinking about the topic for today, we we thought of uh, you know this verse that happens at least forty times in the Bible: "If today you hear His voice, harden not your heart." Uh, it's a familiar theme during Lent, but it's a common scriptural verse, and in fact, it's found in Psalm 95, which uh, those of us that pray our, our divine office or the breviary, uh, every day at morning prayer, we use this Psalm 95. So it's a familiar uh, phrase, you know, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So it kind of begs the question, you know, how does God speak? Where do we hear his voice? And, um, and then we also have a lot of scriptural verses about seeing God's face, either seeking the face of God or seeing it, uh, asking God's face to shine upon us. Um, so, yeah, today we just want to reflect a little bit about where we see God's face and hear his voice and invite our listeners to maybe broaden their understanding of, uh, of how God speaks to us and, and reveals his face to us. What you just added the face part? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't anticipating. Oh that. well, yeah. I don't want to keep you on your see toes. See his face. <sighs> yeah. Hear his voice. See, see his, his face. face. See his face. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so these are all tied together. You think? I think so. It's all about God revealing Himself. That's really the key. How does God reveal <laughs> Himself to us, and how do we encounter Him? How do we experience Him? Our podcast just took a turn. All right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was, I was all set for the voice thing. Well, we can stay with the voice thing, too. No, 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 no do whatever you want. All it's, right. uh, it's your podcast. Mm. Let's just uh, do whatever you want. Hey, it's, it's our podcast. Don't, uh, yeah. don't People stop. listen to you. That's, uh, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> people, people tune in to learn and listen <sighs> to you. 
Well, so where do we want to begin? Well, face uh, or voice yeah, or I'll start with voice. How about with voice? Um, <laughs> okay. I often uh, will say in like retreat talks or once in a while in a homily that um, God's voice I think is a lot like radio waves in this sense. Like in any given room that we might be in, uh, there are radio waves bouncing around that room all the time, but we don't really hear them or we're not we're kind of oblivious to them until we actually turn on a radio and tune it into the right station and then we might hear like a basketball game being broadcast or we might hear um, a news report or perhaps we hear uh, a song that we really like but we have to be kind of tuning in the radio to uh, perceive those radio waves which are omnipresent and I kind of feel like that's a good analogy or metaphor when talking about God you know that God is always speaking to us. God's always trying to tell us something, but a lot of the times we are not tuned into his voice, either because we're so busy and so distracted and there's so many other voices around us that are kind of competing with God's that we don't really hear his voice. They kind of drown out his voice, you know, or we just were never really taught um, how to listen to God's voice. And so I, I like that analogy a lot. Um, I think God is a lot closer to us than we realize. He's speaking to us a lot more than we realize, but we're just kind of um, deaf to his voice, you might say. What, um, what metaphor would you have used like 200 years ago? Shoot. Um, <laughs> that's a very good question. I would not have used the, the radio waves analogy, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I, now, it's too early in the morning for me to wrap my brain around that. Um, yeah, so I don't know what, uh, as you think about that analogy, Jim, or you think about ways that maybe God speaks in your own life and you hear his voice, like, how does that happen, do you think? Well, the the first thing that pops into my head when when we're talking about this particular topic is um, it it brings me back to uh, when I used to read a lot of uh, Henry Nowen. Okay, and he was big on this, and and um, he's got a book. It's a very very short book, but they still charge like regular book prices. <laughs> right, it's kind of annoying. It but, is. Um, do you, do you read any of Nowen's? I have. Stuff? I haven't read anything recently, but over the years, yeah, I've read a number of books by him. So he was a he was a Dutch priest and a, a a professor and a theologian and he was big into Larsh, um, right? He, what Larsh? The Larsh community. He lived with Larsh community. <laughs> Do you know what Larsh communities <laughs> are? Throw out random <laughs> words and expect me to know what oh, you're come talking on. about. Yeah, I remember. So Larsh is, is a Catholic organization Larsh. founded by Jean Vanier. <laughs> Who, uh, who act, it's all about caring for, hand, for uh, I guess we would say, mentally challenged, or what's the proper term now? We would say um, people with, you know, uh, mental challenges, I guess. I don't know what the, gotcha. what's the term. I don't want to be politically incorrect here. I should know that term since I taught them for five years. Uh, special, I guess special needs. Special, maybe. special needs yeah, is, special is, needs, is, right. is, is an appropriate Yeah, so anyway, but uh, that, okay, go ahead. What what do you want to say about I, yourself? You no, know, yeah, I've completely been thrown off my point <laughs> with Larsh. <laughs> I have no idea what I was talking about prior to the Larsh announcement. 
Um, okay, so now in, let me think. The that, book, okay. you had a book yeah. in mind that they charge ridiculous prices for. Out of Solitude is a very oh, short book. Okay. Um, have you read Out of Solitude? Oh, yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a good thing to revisit. Not mm-hmm. for you, because you nah. got it down, but <laughs> for the rest of us. But but he opens up and he starts talking about how um, Jesus, he, he, he reads the passage where um, Jesus leaves the disciples early in the morning to go find a lonely place. And to pray, mm-hmm. and and he makes the point of if if Jesus, who is God, um, needs some uh, alone time mm-hmm. in a quiet and lonely place, um, you know what? Why all would we the more try to think, we right? Well, yeah, yeah. We, we 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 can't really do any different, right. and, and it's it's the he's he's our example in this whole thing. Yep. No, that's good. So so yeah, I've been revisiting that book since. Uh, since you suggested the topic, which I think is a great topic. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, what, you, what I'm hearing you say then is like one of the ways that we try to hear God's voice is by stepping out of the kind of busyness and uh, and craziness of our daily life in order to be alone with the alone, you know, to be alone with God. I, in fact, now, now that we talk about it, um, I'm thinking of a phrase of Matthew Kelly, who's a well-known uh, Catholic apologist or catechist, and he talks about stepping into the classroom of silence when we, when we go to pray. So, you know, God's voice, in a sense, is silence. As paradoxical as that may seem, we have to, you know, we have to quiet ourselves, we have to step into that classroom of silence in order to be able to hear God speaking, because God tends to whisper to us. Now, that's bringing to mind that story, kind of well-known story in the Old Testament of Elijah at the cave, in 1 Kings 19, where uh, he's expecting to find the Lord. And, and we're told that, uh, first of all, there's like an earthquake, and God's not in the earthquake, and there's a fire, and God's not in the fire, and then there's a real strong kind of wind, and God's not in the wind. And then, and then Elijah hears this small whispering sound, and he knows that at that point God is passing by, and he, he covers his face. Because there was this Old Testament belief that to see the face of God directly meant death, you know, so... Um, I don't know if that's just Old Testament, Father. I'm, I'm pretty sure I might have hurt my eyes. <laughs> well, I don't know. You wouldn't? Say. I would. I, I would. And that, see, and there's another paradox. <laughs> How do we see God's face if, if we're supposed to avert our eyes and not look upon it, you know, because he's too holy, and we would be um, overwhelmed by seeing God's face, like the kind of like the apostles were at the Transfiguration when they saw just a glimpse of Jesus' glory. But see, we have such a merciful God, Jim, because God reveals himself in kind of hidden, humble ways. So the whole incarnation belief is awesome because, you know, Jesus is the Word of God, but he's like incarnate in a human nature. And so we can see, we can look upon the face of God when we look upon Jesus and upon his face. And... um, so yeah, seeing God in well, his... we can see Jesus's face. You're right. Yeah, we can see Jesus's face. Right, right. But hey, listen, um, yeah. and, and I hate to do this to you, but I need to uh, pause. Okay. Um, for a second, because my dogs were completely thrown off by daylight savings time. Aha. And um, now they're are in need of to go outside. So okay. uh, give me one second. Yep. Didn't just hit pause on your thing. Sorry, folks. And my dogs, who don't understand daylight savings time any better than I, <laughs> were wondering where you know breakfast was. So, um, mm-hmm. trying to let my wife sleep in a little bit. 
See, now, if you got a cat, Jim, like I had growing up, then, you know, they wouldn't, your cat wouldn't be asking you to go outside and, and bothering you. The cat would kind of be, now I know that's people not think true cats are aloof. No, just, no they bother you all that we have a cat, uh, and at three oh, in the morning, okay. the cat demands to be cuddled. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. It's like, hey, all it's right. time for love. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, they're up all night. Yeah. Right. I, know. So I love my cat, but the cat drives mm. me crazy as much as the dogs do. <laughs> but, um, you know, so um, the animals, easier to hear than God. Oh. <laughs> they're a lot more demanding. <laughs> Look at my transition back into our topic. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I think pets are one of the ways in which we do encounter God, right? God medi- is mediated through many things especially through, or not especially, but one big way, I think, is through uh, the beauty of creation, um, whether that's, uh, you know, the stars and the planets or the flowers and the animals, all the beautiful things that God puts in our world. Um, I think God is screaming at us, really shouting at, at us about that he is beauty itself and that he wants us to experience beauty in our lives. So I think, uh, I know it sounds maybe a little silly or trivial, but I think those of us that have had family pets and have developed a relationship with a dog or a cat or another pet, we know that, you know, there is a form of love there. And, uh, and there is something about the beauty of that creature that can uh, reveal something about God to us. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, and I, if I, I'm worried that this will just, I'll try to keep this a brief story, but it, it'll probably take us off the rails. So <laughs> when I was, um, when I was, uh, in grad school, um, the, I don't think I've shared this story. And if I have, then, you know, somebody can email us and it say, it bears repeating, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it, it matches up with God reveals himself through animals. Um, the two reasons that I was going to grad school, one was to get a degree in psychology and, uh, two was to meet women. Well, two, <laughs> two didn't work out real in, well. In that order? Or? No, it was that order. And it was, uh, okay. uh, that's good. This, the, but the secondary one was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of women there. And I can, and that was just like, <laughs> that was, um, $35,000 well wasted because, <laughs> but there was one class where there was one woman who asked me out and shock mm-hmm. of all shocks. And so. <laughs> We were trying to set up our first date, and the first one I got horribly sick, and I had to cancel. And the second one, she had second first date, she had a family emergency, and oh jeez. So we're trying to set up the third first date, and I ask her, you know, we're we're talking about we're trying to get to know each other uh, just over the phone, and I tell her that you know I'm in youth ministry, and I said, well, what do you do? And she's like, well, I'm an animal psychic, and I'm like, <laughs> well, that's fantastic because. Because <laughs> I'm an animal and I want you to analyze. No, me. but no. it's like it's like you know it's a, the you know the the horse uh, says he wants more sugar and he, the horse isn't going to disagree with you. It's like <laughs> it's like I didn't really say that, but uh, sure, I'll take another carrot. That's fine. That'd be great. So then she offers to read my cat that I had for eighteen oh, years. Yeah, and I'm like, you can do this over the phone. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I hear this deep breathing on the other end, and then um, all of a sudden, the cat. No, this is her. She's getting into. She's got to communicate. She's got to like get into the zone. I'm guessing. I don't know. I've never been an animal psychic, (laughs) but uh, she uh, she comes back and she's like, "Oh, Jim, 
This is, um, I'm really blown away here. This is the wisest animal I've ever met. And I'm like, <laughs> really? My cat? Well, that I can believe. That I, I love cats. I really can smart that. cat, but wiser mm-hmm. than any, she, I'm sure she's met a few cats before. Mm-hmm. She's like, hold on, i got to ask your cat a question. <laughs> and then she comes back, she goes, Jim, I don't know how to tell you this, but your cat is the latest incarnation of Buddha. Oh, my. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> at that point, I would just probably hang up. But, like, wow. Like, well, how am I going to explain that to my bishop? Like, I'm, <laughs> <Does> the, <laughs> I'm taking does the, care of... Did the cat sit cross-legged with its arm, uh, its hands on its uh, little knees and bizarre. say, oh, I'm, I'm just like, and I'm trying to be, you know, polite. Um, right. Not necessarily open-minded. She's like, well, and your cat loves you, and he chose to be with you. But uh, there's some things about you that really annoy him. And I'm like, well, <laughs> get in line. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she really is a psychic. Yeah. She's like, well, there's so much that he wants to teach you. And I'm like, but he's a cat. And she's like, see, that's the attitude that ticks him off right there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. She's like, you know, if wow. you just opened your mind and your heart, there's mm-hmm. so much that your, your Buddha kitty can show you. <laughs> And at that moment, I look over the couch, and literally at that moment, my cat is cleaning an area that <laughs> you won't want to make explicit. And I'm things. like, you know, uh, I don't think I'd want to learn that if I was flexible enough to do it anyway. This is okay. this is we're, we're going to get banned from the from. I think I kept it PG on that one, but. Uh, so yeah, uh, so um, that was my that's my animal um, wow. godlike story. All right, well, <coughs> did I throw us off the rails? Guess, thank you for sharing that. I guess uh, <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I might get edited out. I'm not. But sure. What are some other ways? What What are some ways that you he would say you hear God's voice speaking or revealing well, His face so in daily life? For a long time, and and I, I was I was thinking this was going to be uh, a standard thing throughout my life. Um, when I really was hoping to hear God's voice, when I needed an answer to questions, um, there were there were several things that I would I would try to uh, take on. One would be um, reading scripture, not like, and I'd throw that out there, and I get concerned that you know it's it's not like Bible roulette where I, people yeah. just throw the Bible up in the air and whatever page it lands on that's that's gravity. That's not, uh, you know, I don't think it could... Although St. Augustine did that. Did he really? Well, there's a famous story in in the Confessions where he basically just heard this word. I'm trying to remember now if it... I think it was Romans, some some scripture. Was it large? No. (laughs) Stop. Stop it. Oh, was that a train whistle? That was a train whistle. Wow. Sorry you heard that. Sound effects. Yeah. um, Anyway, he heard the verse, take and read, and then he opened up the scriptures. And I, I shouldn't have even brought this up, because now I'm showing my ignorance by not being able to tell you exactly what it was. But he, he, he felt led to a particular verse of scripture, which spoke to him in the moment. Well, that's a little different. His, so, but yeah, That's not yeah. the same as just like, well, I don't know what you want to say to me, God, so I'm throwing the yeah. Bible up in the air wherever it lands. <laughs> that's, I guess that can that's be really true. dangerous, by the way. There's some well, right. Bible passages that... Uh, if your cat is anywhere nearby, it might, well, yeah. depending he's, on the size of the Bible. Buddha has moved on, so uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's taking <laughs> other right. forms. 
But uh, so scripture, scripture is the, like the first choice. There, and there have been you know major life decisions that we all have to mm-hmm. follow through. The other one is um, having very good friends that whose opinions I trust, mm-hmm. and I listen to them. And then the third is is going out, you know, like into the woods or um, spending um, hours alone. It's it's uh, it, it was uh, really really helpful to do that. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, I think those are all common ways that we as Christians do experience, you know, God and hear His voice and see His face. You know, even at Mass, when we finish those um, readings that we hear at Mass, we say the Word of God or the Word of the Lord, and so certainly Scripture is a very privileged place where God speaks to us. And it's always a fresh word. You know, we can go back to the same Scripture passage uh, week after week and find something new within it, uh, God speaking to us in a new or different way. So, yeah, I think uh, the Scriptures are huge. Um, You mentioned, you know, other people, and I think that uh, all of us can probably point to certain key relationships in our life where we experience love and support. And I think, again, God's love is incarnated not only in Jesus, but in other people that we know. And uh, that's like the third time that I'm the sorry. train it's, was it's going. The, it, Is that like a signal that I'm, that I'm going, blabbing on too long just, or something? You got it. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, yeah, the, it's, uh, we're, we're, there's a family text thread, and I thought I, it, I've turned it off, but it apparently won't uh, turn oh, no. off. I'm going to so, try something else. Um, so yeah, my apologies if that got, if the train whistle got picked up by, uh, by the recording, which it probably did if you can hear it. So it's, it's kind of a sweet sound actually. Well, it's just yeah. that it's, you don't uh, need to keep hearing it throughout the No, podcast. we really don't. <laughs> and then beauty, you know, you said talking about going out into the woods and I think, you know, there's a reason why, for example, monasteries are often built in uh, very beautiful areas, uh, places of great natural beauty because... I think we just naturally are wired to, to kind of um, be awed by the beauty and grandeur of God's good creation. So again, these are all ways that I think you know God does speak to us and reveal Himself to us. Um, so I think that the uh, the the thing that becomes difficult uh, with hearing God's voice and the the, the amount of distractions that we have. Um, there was a study done. <clears throat> back when uh, we were in high school of how much like alone time we have in our lives. Mm-hmm. And this was back when we were in high school where there wasn't yeah. the internet, where there wasn't right. streaming, where there wasn't... It's only gotten worse. R- yeah. Right, and it's only gotten worse. But back then, um, having zero distractions and not like counting like when you're using the bathroom, um, mm-hmm. the average person... Um, got two to three minutes of silence in wow. their life a week. Every week, it was a two, week. two wow. to three minutes a week. Gee, and you really That's can't scary. shave much off of that. But I'm sure that we have in the past, you know, thirty years, mm-hmm. with all the multiple distractions. And and you know that it, it was uh, the study that I read said that the amount of like written information. Um, written knowledge in the world it took to like 1969 to double 
the amount of yeah. written information that we have. And now, and then at, and back in the 80s, it was doubling every two years. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that it's doubling at an even faster rate now. Yeah, probably every six months or something. But we're just not built to take in all that information. And we have this, like, um, we feel like we need to. Like there's, right, the, right. the pitch is you gotta you gotta pay attention to every single thing that's going on, and we get right. So we've gone from you know three ch- TV channels when we were growing up to five hundred. Oh, exactly. And nothing's on. Have uh, you heard of this phrase FOMO? F O M O. Do you know what that stands for? Uh, no. It sounds like it might be an acronym <laughs> for something. It is, and I. Is and this I didn't big know in the large so... community? Is that no, <laughs> no, no? John Vanier never. <laughs> talked about it, and Henry Nowen never wrote about it. But one of my seminarians pointed this out, and I, I think it's just something with the younger generation, but it, it's, it stands for fear of missing out, ah. FOMO. So the idea is, yeah, like there can be an actual anxiety in a person where like if I'm not, if I'm not always, you know, reading blogs and uh, staying up on all the news, you know, there's like a sense in which I am missing out on something or missing out on life. So I kind of that kind of comes to mind as you talk about this reality that like now we're just inundated with uh, information and you know in the old days so to speak which wasn't too long ago um, you know we were content to just look at an actual newspaper and just one newspaper and look at the headlines and read whatever's in there but now you know we got to be following every little development and it's all in real time and yeah it can create a lot of anxiety if we feel like we're not you know, somehow staying on top of the latest stuff. Um, now, that I think it also it also is a term that refers to feeling like in relationships, maybe I'm also missing out uh, because, you know, somebody's doing something out there with other friends that I'm not involved in. But my point being that I think we live in a much more complicated and frenetic and active and noisy world, and so um, it is maybe more difficult because of that to hear God's voice. And, and like you say, there's even less alone time and quiet time now. Um, well, and it's hard because a lot of us will think that we've got alone time, but we still got, you know, our earbuds in and listening to music yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, doing something that provides a bunch of distractions. It, okay. um, the and, and it just, it even even listening to, you know, uh, sacred music can can serve as mm-hmm. a distraction in the in the wrong right. case. So now some people would be like, I can really he- hear what God's saying to me when I'm listening to it. And God bless, go forth. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I just need like complete silence, which I think really drives a lot of people crazy because we're yeah. not used to it. Right. Right. And I I like to make the distinction between solitude and loneliness. You know, I think a lot of people think that if if they're if they're uh, turning off the music and the noise and just being quiet and still, that they're going to get and maybe they will you know maybe they will feel lonely but it doesn't have to be that way. There's there's a healthy solitude where we can actually feel God's presence and uh, you know feel His closeness. But I think it's something that we have to kind of learn to do. Uh, I mean, there's something kind of natural about it to us, but at the same time, given how we're we're conditioned now in our culture. Um, yeah, being still and quiet and stepping into the solitude can can feel really scary uh, and lonely. So, so it does take some practice, I think, to learn how to to do that well. I would suggest, and this is just my own personal theory, 
But I think that um, people who have a fear of, of being alone or are scared of the silence or are afraid of being lonely in that silence mm-hmm. um, may not have an accurate assessment of themselves mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and an accurate view of who they are as a person, which I've yeah. dealt with multiple times in my life. Yep. Yep. But no, uh, if, uh, if, if you can't um, spend time alone because you don't like the company, then you don't know the company very well. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah, theory. good point. Yeah, yeah, no, it's your theory, and you're sticking to yeah, it. Yeah, kind of. I like it. You know, with the, all, all these things. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, go. You start. Go. But these things worked really, really well for me when I was in my 20s and uh, into my 30s, and as I've gotten older, um, they haven't been as clear to me, which has been really frustrating. I mean, and mm. I don't know if that's just my own personal journey. Um, or if I'm doing something different, but what I find now is that, um, when, when we went through the whole consecration of St. Joseph, which by the way, doing St. Joseph's Novena this week, I don't know if you are. Oh, excellent. Are you doing that? Cause we got the feast of St. Joseph coming up. I know. I know. And there's some seminarians doing it. It's a big uh, day. I have a, I have, yeah, I have a resource. I gotta, I gotta, I should start that. Are you going to give me a present? Oh, <laughs> Um, how about my presence? Well, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Um, but what I found, I mean, the, the, the whole uh, discussion of going through the consecration process, which takes, you know, generally about 33 days, is that um, you may receive um, signal graces. And they don't really talk mm-hmm. about what signal graces are. And I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. We can get some signal graces from... <laughs> and And... Those turn out to be, and maybe this is different for you and for everybody else on the planet, but um, the signal graces that I receive, which are great, but they all involve more work on my part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you should um, clean the kitchen for your wife, or maybe you should uh, do this or that or something mm-hmm. to take care of your family. And and I'm like, okay, that's great. but But I've learned that I really shouldn't ignore those signal graces because these are, this is God speaking to me is through these, these small actions. And I I think that, Mm -hmm. um, I I think that if we spend time, um, listening to God in the small details of our lives, that we'll have an easier time hearing him when, when push comes to shove and we're in crunch time and we have to make a major decision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very good. And I, you talk about decision-making, and I think, you know, one of the things we believe as Christians is that uh, because God does speak to us, and we also have a spiritual enemy who speaks to us and tries to tempt us away from God, that there's a need for discernment, right? Sure. That, like, we have to be listening, trying to basically decipher God's voice over and against either the voice of the culture or the voice of our uh, tempter, uh, Satan. And so, um, yeah, you know, when we're talking today about hearing God's voice, we're not talking in the extraordinary kind of mystical way of a locution. There are some rare people, uh, some of the saints that we know who actually heard God's voice, you know, in a very literal way. Uh, And there also are saints that have seen God or the Blessed Mother in a more, you know, seen Jesus in a more 
literal way, and they've been given a very special grace, a mystical grace. For most of us, that's not the reality, um, but we do hear his voice and see his face in all those ordinary little ways. And so when you talk about hearing those signal graces or in, you hear like God inviting you to do something generous and charitable for somebody else, like, yeah, God really does speak to us in that way, and, and he invites us to do small things. And, and like you said, if we, if we get used to that, then in, in the crunch time when we're really pressed, um, we're going to be more apt to recognize his voice as well. And that's one thing we haven't really talked about yet in the podcast is like sometimes we do feel like God is silent or he's absent, and we're, we really struggle to uh, hear his voice or see his face, especially in a time of great suffering, uh, loneliness, you know, some loss or pain. And it's often in hindsight, as we look back on the experience, that we can say, okay, now, now I can see better how God was revealing himself or how he was speaking to me in the moment. At the time, uh, I didn't get it. But uh, sometimes our, you know, uh, like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, and that can apply to God's uh, presence and, and action as well. They can be. You're right. There's there's a lot of things that if you look back and you reflect, you can uh, you be like, oh, that was it. I get it now. Right. Yep. I thought that was just me because I was just, you know, too dense. But uh, you're saying this happens to other people too. Hey. I, I, I'm probably more dense than you are sometimes. So, um, and the sacraments, let's not forget that too, you know, that along with Scripture, we Catholics, I mean, all Christians value the Bible as God's Word to us. You know, we Catholics have a special love for the sacraments too, and we believe that God speaks to us and shows us His face through these ritualized encounters, right? So we hear when the priest says the prayer of absolution, that really is God speaking to us and saying, I forgive you of your sins. Right. And um, So anyway, I just well, want to highlight a, that that's too. That's a great place to start too. If, you, if, if you're having a struggle of, of, of hearing uh, God's word to you or God, uh, God's, God's voice in your life, um, and, and you're wondering what's going on, when that happens to me, my first uh, my first thought is, well, I should go to confession. Mm -hmm. I should clear. Let's let's uh, cleanse the palate, shall we? And uh, yep. um, go and have a good confession and see if you're still yep. having the issue of uh, hearing God. It's it yeah. comes down to the basics, Father. It really does. It does. You it know, does. you go yep. to confession, you go to mass, yep. um, you you do some scripture reading, and then. Um, it, it's, it, I think in various parts of my life, I've just been like caught up in like the big grand scheme of things. And it's like, I, I need the answers for the huge questions. And, uh, and, you, but it's being faithful to the small, yeah. yeah those like being, building blocks right. or fundamental pillars of our, of our faith. Yeah. I mean, you are a, an exceptional <laughs> tennis player <laughs> and you didn't start out by being an exceptional tennis player. You started out by... Um, I don't know what exercises you need to do to get to be good at tennis. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be like hitting balls against a wall, and you know that's part of it. You know, right. maybe some taking sprints, taking lots of lessons. Sprint, yeah. Oh yeah. Sprinting, oh, yeah. like getting sprints. in physical shape for that whole thing. Sure. But it's the basics. Sure. It's like yeah, it's basic training to get up to the point where exactly. you can go and uh, you know and, and be uh, be exceptional on the court. And and that's why would it be any different for us in hearing God's voice? Yep. Yep. That's true. I mean, it That's can very, be. Very God could come down in a booming voice and 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 say, you know, Saint Joan of Arc comes to mind, 
and just mm-hmm. say stuff, but uh, we can't just sit around and wait for that to happen. No, no. Otherwise, we'll miss uh, the the whispers that God, you know, speaks to us every day. Um, you know, you love you love Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa of Calcutta, and uh, and so do I. And we've talked about maybe even having a, a podcast about her right. and about some of her writings. But she used to talk about also this. Uh, she has this famous phrase: "The distressing disguise of the poor." Disguise meaning that Jesus shows up in the poor, you know. And there's this great image. Is it Fritz Eichenberger? I think who who did these uh, these uh, etchings, and he has Jesus in the soup line or in the bread line, and you see a group of uh, kind of this line of homeless people waiting to receive uh, a meal, and right in the midst of them is Jesus, you know. And the only reason you know it's Jesus is because he has this kind of halo around his head. Hmm. But the point being that you know that's another subtle hidden way that we can easily miss God's presence and voice when we. You know, think about when we uh, are driving around town, perhaps, and we pull up at a spot at a stoplight, and we have a homeless person right there, you know, with a sign. And how often do we maybe turn away, kind of pretend we don't see the person because it's kind of awkward? But maybe that's maybe that's Jesus showing up in our day and saying, "I'm in this uh, distressed person, and are you gonna, you know, at least uh, acknowledge my dignity?" Maybe. Uh, say a word or two to me of kindness and offer a prayer. Um, so another way in which we are tempted to maybe um, miss uh, God's speaking and miss his face, you know. So anyway, especially during Lent, you know, when we talk about almsgiving right. and just kind of being more attentive to people, I think uh, we might we might think about that. How does God reveal to reveal himself in people, not just the materially poor, or monetarily poor, but just people that are poor in all kinds of ways and who are uh, struggling. Right. I agree with all that. Yeah. Well, look at that. I see about 40 minutes we've... Uh, 18 to... dedicated to Larch and um, Buddha Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should title this, yeah, Larch and Buddha Cats. That's right. Um, that would that be that would spell. probably be it would be intriguing. People might want to check out the podcast. Maybe we, <laughs> we maybe <laughs> All right, I think you just named our our episode, Father. All right, very good, very good. So, okay. shall we talk about things that we like? Yes, yes. You have something today. I do. I I, I can almost promise you that most, if not all, of our listeners already know about this, and we're the last ones to come to the party. <laughs> um, but there is an an an, an episodic uh, show about uh, the life of Jesus called The Chosen, mm-hmm. and this is like the it, and, and if you don't know anything about it, um, there's not a lot of information about how this got uh, started, or at least there isn't an, a lot of information that I found. This was a crowdfunded. Um, uh, series that was put together. There's eight episodes in the first season. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't cost you any money. You can just, um, you, you download, you're not going to find it on Netflix. You're not going to find it on Hulu, but you're going to find it, um, you're going to find it by downloading uh, an app for The Chosen. And you just type The Chosen into your phone or into your computer and it just, it immediately comes up. And you mm-hmm. sign up for the account and it's free. And if you want to pay it forward, they're big fans of that. And then so yes. you can buy 
Um, you can pay money to watch it. You don't have to pay a dime to watch it. You can watch the whole thing and not pay a single penny. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people will do that, and then they'll go out and they'll buy the DVDs and and give them to their church or something like that. But it's a, I'm and I'm just oh, in so episode you can buy, one. You can buy it. You can. DVD. You can yeah. buy it. not VHS. There's no VHS offered, uh, which is disappointing for a lot of people. <laughs> I know you. You like the VHS format. Oh yeah, and eight-track tapes too. Right. Like eight-track, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I'm, I guarantee you that uh, probably ninety percent of our listeners have already seen all of this like years ago. And they're like, oh, "Thanks, Jim. Tell us now. Tell us about the Star Wars thing that we've heard about." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that common. It's not that common. It's pretty. I haven't common. actually seen it yet, but I know. I know. I, I have it on my to-do list, and I thought I might even invite a group of seminarians to. Uh, watch it with me so anyway. people yeah. just rave about it and yes they do. Um, in the first episode what i've noticed is it seems like almost every adaptation about christ's life has to involve british people and i'm not sure why that is <laughs> but there's british accents in like 90 yeah. percent of the films that i see um, is that true of the chosen no not that i've no. noticed i haven't noticed any british accents in the chosen okay so um so anyway, so uh, it, it, there's, there's I, I can probably put a link in the description, um, but yeah, The Chosen. I'm going to finish it up uh, before Lent's over with, and, uh, okay. and if, if, if there's like one person that's listened to us that hasn't watched this, then there you go. Oh, I bet we're going to make some fans. Well, yeah, you, really you're going to watch it. I'm going to make gonna you watch, watch it. it. So I know, I know. No, I've heard, like you said, I've heard really awesome things about it, really good acting. and so. This season one is out. It's only eight episodes. Um, they're working on season two as we speak. I think, yeah, I think it's coming out pretty soon. I think it is coming out pretty soon. So um, this would be a really, really good time to start it up, and especially during Lent. This is just another nice thing to... Mm-hmm. Um, get into anyway um very good shall we pray let's pray in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen so good and gracious god we're thankful for the ways that you speak to us and reveal your face to us in our daily life we ask for the grace that we need to listen well and not to be deaf to your voice And not to harden our hearts when we hear your voice, but to listen attentively and to respond. Help us to see you in all things uh, in our daily life, uh, in those that we love, uh, in those that you bring into our life who are difficult. Just help us, Lord, to be very aware that you draw close to us each and every day. Please continue to bless our Lenten journey. Help us to turn away more deeply from anything dark or sinful and to turn toward you, Jesus, who are the light of the world. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we're, uh, what are we, about halfway through Lent? Just about, yeah, we're just, we just hit the halfway mark. Yeah, we yeah. just got a, a two, three weeks left, so. Exactly. Well, uh, thanks for listening, folks. Hope you uh, have a wonderful week, and come in and tune in next week. God bless everybody. Take care. Take care.